Have you heard the latest? No. Have you heard the latest? No. Have you heard the latest? No. no pressure. Welcome to the cast. But the last time you were giving an interview, it went on for hours. What interview are we talking about? For the movie. The movie that was going to be based off one of your friend's lives. Oh, that was, yeah, Kurt Kilgore. Who, who is Kurt? Kurt Kilgore is my brother-in-law. Okay, and, and why was there a movie going to be made about he him? He was a, a number one volleyball player in the country at the time. He played at UCLA, the NCAA. And uh, he met my sister uh, through volleyball. They got married. They, a team in Italy brought him over to play for the uh, Italians. Uh, team there, a professional team. That's how they got paid back then. That's the only way they could make money. Over in Europe? Over in Europe. Gotcha. In Italy. And so he was over there playing. He played there about two years. The second year, they went over, and they were doing uh, drills. He was teaching, helping the Italian national team work out. Okay. And he was doing a tumbling or exercise, showing him how to dive, and they do it off a... Do you dive in volleyball? Oh, yeah, dive to get the ball on on the ground. So you have to dive. And you practice those? Yeah, well, you have to, unless you want to look really weird during a game, and you've never dove before on the wood. And hurting yourself. And it hurts real bad. But they were using a trampoline to do this bouncing. And so Kirk uh, uh, jumped off this trampoline and he tucked and he broke his neck, severed his spine. Oh my gosh. And about the, uh, I guess, the third or fourth vertebra, I forget what it is. And it, uh, he became a quad after that, a yeah. quadriplegic. So. so, anyways, he became pretty famous from all this stuff. And they were going to do a movie about him. Mark Harmon bought the rights to the story. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Mark was going to play Kirk. I, they were trying to get Tom Selleck to play me, or they were asking. Hold, hold on. What? I'm sorry. Did you say you were going to be played by Tom Selleck? Well, they were talking about it because uh, he loved volleyball, and Kirk knew him from the Olympics. You know, because <laughs> Kirk announced the Olympics uh, when they came here to L.A. Yeah. And Selleck was, got there, and Mark Harmon and all this stuff. So, But it never. Uh, they never really went. To the movie because my little sister wouldn't let him. Number one, okay, she just didn't want the story out there because there was a lot involved. Right, there was more. There was and a lot of moving parts, yeah, and it was pretty pretty sensitive to her. Yeah, no, that's but anyway, there's a whole story written about it. I forget where who has the story. Oh, now, so but... was it a book or was it? Oh yeah, it was. A, it was a film. They were going to do a film on it. No, no, I mean you said there was writing on well, it. Well, it's Is like a... what do you call a script? Yeah, you know. The oh, guy, so there is a script they, out they there somewhere. Thing, yeah, they had about three or four different writers write this story. Wow. Okay. And they were picking it, and uh, they, for whatever reason, they just didn't, you know, my sister just didn't want to do it. But out there somewhere. Somewhere. There there's is, a script. You can ask Mike, uh, who's the guy, I tell you, at, at, at Mountain Gate that's the producer of the CSI? Oh. Um, Harmon's. Uh, oh, gosh. Yes. Michael. Michael. Um, Zinberg. Zinberg, yeah. He it. knows about it. So, so out there, there's a script that you were going to be played by Tom Selleckin. They were trying to. Now, do. what does that mean to you? It was pretty funny because he's <laughs> tall and I'm really short. So I <laughs> but you're equally as good looking. Well, if not better. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate that. <laughs> but the, I just, I, I, I like to open it with that because, you know, have you heard the latest? You're the greatest. Welcome to the podcast today. Today I have with me Boyd Steer. The man who would be played by Tom Selleck if there was ever a movie made about his life. I mean, that's a great opener. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, did we just open with that? We did. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I had to freak a few people out. Okay. <laughs> but boy, you know, 
never will I, I'll, I'll have you back on the show because we'll never be able to cover everything about your extraordinary life. But I just wanted to give the people a taste of all these stories you've given me over the past almost year that I've I've lived here in LA. Okay, and and to me, it's fascinating because there's there's this whole life you've had behind all these <laughs> all these other people that have made these these strides in history in the movies and entertainment industry, um, especially in volleyball. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely touch on volleyball because that's such a huge portion of your life. But just let's start off with where'd you grow up? In Venice, Venice, California. I was born there in 1943. We were right on the boardwalk. Well, I wasn't born on the boardwalk. There was houses <laughs> right next to the boardwalk. <laughs> so they looked down on pregnancies happening on the sidewalk. <laughs> yes, they just popped out where the tram was going by. <laughs> Oh, there goes Everybody another one. Had a just said, Whoa, look at and they were having like and the driver would say, Whoop, there comes another one. No. <laughs> okay. okay, we'll go back. But the homes back then were really kind of they were all wooden homes and like right. twenty four, twenty five rooms, two stories. And uh, where I lived it was my my mom and dad, my sisters, my mom my dad's mother and his three brothers. Oh my goodness! Came from Canada. You all lived in one house. Well, yeah, it was a big house. That's awesome. Yeah, on the beach, drunk half the time, so we didn't know they were there. <laughs> you were as a child, right after you were born. <laughs> no, no, you no. started young. I get it. Yeah. No, no, it's cool. No, yeah, I started really young. <laughs> like, you know, but I, <laughs> but it, it was it was pretty nice. Went to Westminster Grammar School mm -hmm. down there in Venice. Is that where you found your love no. for volleyball? No. no, no, I never started volleyball till later. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. No, no, I didn't. I, I was. It was pretty. Uh, I was about 18 or 19 when I started playing volleyball. Really? Yes. And you're, I mean, you, you have a huge passion. I mean, even now, I know you don't play yeah. nearly as often, but the passion you have for it felt like a, uh, one of those childhood, you know, like urges that you just had to, had to, had to. But before you were playing other sports. Yeah, I'd play, I played baseball when I was little, little league and middle league and uh, played with uh, the rookie angels, tried out for them. What? They asked me to come back. Are you serious? I'm very serious. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I was working at the studios at the time, and I was married. And I was you just skipped over a ton. <laughs> oh, I was working oh. at a studio. I was doing this. <laughs> that was just a little. Yeah, what studio at that point? M MGM Studios. That was MGM at yeah, that point. Okay. I, okay. Gotcha. And my, I the guys I knew in baseball, one of the guys called me up and said, "Boy, come out for a tryout, you know, because we need we need somebody to fill in." I said, "What'd okay. you play?" I played wherever they wanted me to. I played all <laughs> you're, positions. You're I, I didn't care. I didn't care. <laughs> I was enjoying myself, and I we were working nights at the time mm -hmm. as did, a as a film technician right. at the time, and uh, it was at Jackie Robinson Stadium at UCLA where the tryouts were. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool. And uh, I went there. It was mostly all, the All-City players that made mm -hmm. All-City at the time in high school. And my buddy was the All-City catcher, and they needed a right fielder to have two teams because they were having all these tryouts for this team. So I left work, and I got off like at 4 in the morning and went over Good. to the baseball diamond, Googling. fell asleep in the dugout, waiting for everybody what? to get there with my little wrinkled uniform. <laughs> and these guys all show up. Rocky Bridges was the coach. He's a, I guess people that know baseball would know him. Right, I'm not. I know I'm not a yeah. baseball guy. As as my listeners yeah. know, I'm not a sports guy. But for those listeners who are sports people, I just I knew they would find all your tidbits fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And tidbits isn't even the right word. It's it's this 
this history you have with, with sports and the movie industry and with people. You're a people person. I guess. I Don't guess you I, dare try to I, I deny guess, it. I guess I am. You always deny that. Well, because I, you know, I just do it. But anyways, I, I, I show up at Jackie Robinson after work, working all night. And by this time, though, I was playing volleyball also. I started, started really liking volleyball. How old are you at this period. point? Probably 22, 23. Great. We went from birthing on the yeah. street to 22 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. It. I mean, but we skipped a lot. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> to, make, to make it long story short, I show up there, you know, the team show up, and we had tryouts, and I did really well, and they asked me to come back, and I said, you know, I, I've i got too much on my plate right now. I really like to, but... Because you're I, married at this point. I was married, working, liked volleyball, and We're working I played all baseball my whole life up to this point, and it was like, you know, I knew you could only go so far in baseball. They were looking for guys that were big and fast and i was just this little guy running around <laughs> so, so i knew that we wouldn't go real far in baseball i wouldn't make a living right in baseball so i said you know i nah, i don't think so. so you you turned full force into not only volleyball but negative cutting yeah i started to learn negative cutting at the studio which is so uh, so at 22 is when you started so film technician to negative cutter yeah well you you go through the lab you you learn all the different processes and move your way up and then finally i just said i was getting to a point where i i didn't know what else to learn and they said why don't you go try negative cutting i said what's that that and that's what i that's perfect yeah go ahead and let the audience know what is negative cutting negative cutting is when you take the original cut negative or the original negative from a camera roll that's shot during the day the scenes right. that they're doing during the day and you and you start to put together a film the editors directors and producers they all put together the positive prints do you want to go back how they get the positive prints or do we do that no do, yeah do you know i mean how they do i, I want well they may not okay. so i want them to understand the whole your whole process okay when they shoot a, sh- a scene on, on the back then on film on film they would send that stock to the lab to be processed to to process the negative they would make a print off that negative a one light print they called it and they called them dailies back then mm-hmm. the daily, and they still call them dailies oh, today they do okay, yeah, right, yeah. except that. now it's you know on a little tiny flash drive right. or memory card right yeah. and you don't get to see it. but back then it was a, a rush because the dailies had to be sent to the editor, director, and everybody the next day so they could look at the print. And the negative would be sent down to the negative cutting room. And we Your would, arena. Yeah. And we would start filing those in uh, film uh, racks. Because mm-hmm. they had, had to be stored in very specific yeah. locations. And we had different shows. I mean, we had like tons of shows going through there. So each rack had its own, or each film had its own space in the okay. racks, right? Go ahead and rattle off just a, a few films you worked on. Oh, gosh. That was MGM. That was like in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, I Those are prime a, movie times. Yeah, there. there's a lot of movies. I can't remember. And the TV shows, there was a ton of that. Stuff. Oh, I didn't know you worked on TV I shows. Mean, oh, yeah. Well, could, we had TV shows also. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Okay. I mean, like, uh, who did we have there? Little Ed. What's it? Not Little Eddie, but. Little Eddie. <laughs> little Eddie, but not Little Eddie. I get the names mixed up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> little Eddie, who are you, what, what are you trying okay, to think of? Richie Rich? Rich? Well, there was Lomar that was on the corner, but this is far that where they had TV. We had Dallas, I think, at the time. The TV show Dallas? Yeah. And oh, cool. Who, just, and, yeah. And, and, and who was the... Uh, 
the the guy that had the kid. The guy Eddie? that had the kid. Not Eddie. Come on. You just said Eddie again. <laughs> I can't get it. Who's the, guy, who's the guy that played the Hulk later? Lou Ferrigno. No, that was the Hulk himself. The guy oh my that turned gosh. into the Hulk. Uh, no. I don't know his name. Okay. He's not anyway, as famous. It was one of those TV shows that we went through. Okay. We did TV shows, movies. We did everything back then. But we'd take the, da- the, the, the daily negative that was developed and put it in our rack in order, in certain order. So we had all this stored. And we would wait for the editors and the directors to make their uh, work print. They called it back then. It was a positive work print of all the, the scenes in the role from, from reel 1 through 12. There's usually 12 reels in a show back then, 900-foot reels. So it'd right. be 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, all the way up to 6B. Mm-hmm. That's an average show. Okay. Okay. Bigger shows would take more reels, of course. And then you worked on what we um, would do on Titanic. Oh, worked on Titanic. That was after MGM. Right, that but independent. The fun part about uh, that was you said it had how many reels? Oh, that twenty-four reels. Good. Good. That's a lot of reels. That, yeah, that's, that's like a three-hour show. <laughs> right. So I, oh, I remember the VHS. It was it was two VHS tapes. I always remember that from my childhood. It was crazy. It was really crazy. That's why they helped called different cutters in to help them. You love hitting my microphone. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so after we would get all the negative from the show, and the editors and directors and would put together the shots that they want for each reel, so you get, you know, so you'd see a movie. Yeah. They would send down that work print to us. Now we would go in and take each work, work print and what they'd call call back then is key the work print. By the key numbers, the edge codes that are on the edge of the Kodak film. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those key numbers? I have not. They're like, uh, starts off like EK5526. <laughs> and every foot, you'd have, it would go down. It, it would give, so two five? Yeah, two, it'd give off the footage. Right? Okay. But you would have that key number on the edge code and different little markings like diamond squares or marks. Okay. If you ever get a piece of film anymore, which probably hard to come by. Rare, but yeah, it's still done. Look on the edge code. Okay. Look on the edge. You'll see all these key numbers and all these different markings. Okay, that helps us match the action in the print. Right. So we don't make a mistake. Anyway, so we would go down and key each work print, each scene, and we'd key it on a, a key list. Maybe there's like 90 cuts in one of the reels. Yeah. Okay, that's the first reel, reel one A. It's a lot of cuts. Okay. Actually, it's so, small for nowadays. So now we would take. All, all the cams start breaking down the original negative into individual scenes. So on our, our table, we'd have all these scenes laid out and numbered 1 through 50. Yeah. And that's in the order of the of the reel, on the reel as we cut it. You understand that so far? I do. Okay. So now we would have a sync counter for the positive work print and for the negative. We'd put the work print in the sync. Start with the 12-foot start, the picture start. Have mm-hmm. you seen the countdown? Right. That's 12. You put that in as 12 feet to the first frame of action. Okay. Okay. So we would start at the first frame of action and start matching that positive print with the negative and go through the, the counter up to the first scene change and cut it there. Then we get the next scene, find it on our table, bring it out, match the key numbers to that, cut it, put it through the sync block, tape it together, and go on to the next scene. Your counter would be rolling. As you go. As you go, and you'd be seeing the footage. 
huh. by frames. How long would something like that take? Uh, for your average feature film. Average feature film. Well, just one reel would probably take you, let's say it's 100, 100 cuts. Because you have to be careful. Uh, very careful. Because sometimes there's uh, duplicate keys. And you were you were called in, right, when something went wrong? Well, it, when I had my own business. When I worked for MGM, I'd just send it to the, the boss, say, talk to him. <laughs> it's <laughs> not like, my problem. It's not my problem right now. <laughs> talk to that guy. <laughs> Unless I made the mistake. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, boy, exactly. move back. But then, so we would go through a whole show like that. Now, we would get these reels, and you'd have all these tapes in them each scene because they're not spliced together yet yeah because we have to use a hot what they call a bell and how hot splice mm -hmm. they're hard to find now i remember but, you telling me that yeah. yeah they're pretty rare but they're so precise and so good you can't beat them right now i mean you'd scrape the emulsion in the cell side put the film cement on it it glue it together hot splice it, it would leave it there for a second and it'd be together and you go on to so you'd have to splice that whole reel together where you've taped each scene so to to explain it to me like i'm five why are you putting the positive and gluing it to the negative we're not we're not gluing the positive we're gluing not. The negative we're just matching the positive print mm -hmm. that you're looking the at the top yeah oh okay. see it's the positive prints running here the negatives in another counter right next to it so they're running parallel Par right next to each other gotcha. so you can watch what you're cutting and matching the scene, the action to each cut. So the positive through. is what you're, they want, and then you're matching the negative to that. To that. Okay. See, the positive is a work print that the editor has sent us, and right. this is their final cut. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They think every once in a while they'll, they'll send it back for a recut after they've screened it a few times and stuff. Yeah. But we have for to an put, audience. Yeah, we have to put twelve reels together like that, and it takes a while. So I would think cutting, so between each you know you're cutting and then you're splicing it is there a time limit um like so your work so let's say you're matching and let's say it, it's time to go home it's 4 a.m you know what i mean like oh yeah we uh, then we were union yeah we would just get up and and, and so you can leave it yeah but we'd cover it so the negative we'd put it in a can mm -hmm. until we came back the next day so you would have to you coil it up again putting it in the canister yeah, and we would know we'd leave everything where we know we put count because you have to footage count right you got to have that right you got to have everything right because huh. all these footage counts uh, when you get your tracks in to to sync those up anyway that's that's how you do a, a picture just the picture side yeah now once you get all that together spliced together all the real you send it to the lab and what they do is they start making a print and then what happens then is after the print is made, it, the color timer gets it. He looks at the, the print, the color. He starts correcting the color in, in the show mm -hmm. to what the director wants. If the, if the director wants it dark, light, you know, or the yeah. tone. Yeah, I, I've done or, some you know. small color correcting on, on things, you know, okay. short films and audition videos, things like that, just to make it look a little bit better, a little more pristine. And a, t a timer will sit there with the director, and he'll have like his Notes. helper. And the timer will go minus one on the yellow, plus two on the red. Oh, just vi just by Visually. looking. That's crazy. And then he makes these corrections. Now this is sent up to a mat room. They call a color mat room. This is back then. 
Right. <laughs> when they had traveling color mats, which put the color, but not in, but you know. Yeah. And then that guy would cut the mat so they could go make a print on the color correctors mm-hmm. with the negative, right? Right. And so they go, oh, that's close, but we let's do another uh, correction. So they sit down and correct that print. It'd probably take like a good timer three to four times to get, to it, get right, it just to get right. it okay. Well, and it, you brought up the fact that, you know, this is how it was. I guess it's important to let people know that nowadays everything's digital. Everything's done on computers. And they do it on a hazel team. So they do a lot of the color correction right there. And then they'll make a print. You know what a hazel team is. No, what's a hazel team? It's a TV. Is that, was that and a, a guy will sit there. A type of TV? It's just like a TV, but, but you can sit there and turn a knob to a color and it, like a color, like you're doing, oh, yeah. watching TV. Yeah, you could do that on the Adobe programs now. Right. Yeah, okay, okay cool. You, you adjust your color. Now they go, okay, so they get closer right away. Then they make a print. Right. It cuts they, down the time. Cuts, they have to change and, it. And it, it makes it a little easier for people. You know, I mean, this is when it started getting a little more modern. Yeah. And they went to tape instead of uh, traveling color uh, mats and density i love how you're talking about tape is modern <laughs> well, if you'd have seen the first tape machine i went on it was like we're doing the color mats they brought in this little box with like numbers like i was Bunch doing an adding on? machine oh and that was your tape and they recorder? go boyd we want you to punch this tape i go what's a tape Whoa. Because <laughs> I was going, that's crazy. Tape, man? I'm going. They said, boy, we'll see. And they showed me how. I said, okay. And they'd bring in the numbers, and I'd punch them in, and this, this little tape would roll out with these holes in them. And we'd put it in a, a printing machine, and I'd go, whoa. Whoa. Because <laughs> that, that's when the printing machines went from 325 feet a minute. They started going up to 15. I mean, they started going really fast. Right. It, slowly but surely, they got up to, like, really fast. So was that when you saw the decline of your your business? No. 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 It went up. It started going up. Really? Because we started putting out more footage. Oh, okay. we started okay. getting more shows. It was crazy. And the Bell and Howe printers, and we had, like, they were doing millions and millions of feet a day through the MTM That's Lab. That's insane. Yeah. MTM Lab was the best lab in Hollywood. Well, and so you, you're at the MGM lab, mm-hmm. and then, then what happens? Because you left there. Well, what happened, no, after I learned negative cutting, I got that all down, and I did all that, learned different things. with Because back then, too, something people don't know is, like, we had to build our own dissolves and fades. R- Wait, really? Yeah. Okay. You, it wasn't, wasn't done a... by a machine. It was done by the, the negative itself. And so you had, if you had fades and dissolves, you had, like, A and B rolls. Yeah, what they call, and so you'd be printing these. It's it gets it gets a little complicated, tough to understand. But the basic thing is the first reel we cut. Now, if there's a fade in that or a dissolve between two scenes that are butted up next to each other, of course, yeah, yeah. Like in Star Wars, you have the swipe. So you'd have to have a B roll now, and you'd run black opaque through all the film up to where the dissolve starts. Mm Then you'd pull the next negative up to that black opaque and start the dissolve there where the two negatives meet, meet, mm-hmm. but they cross over yeah, like which that. is now called a cross dissolve. Crossover, right? Yeah. I don't know that. Okay, a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you would start black opaque on this one and finish the negative on the other side. So now when you made a, you know, like, yeah, you see what I'm saying? 
See how I'm doing? Oh, see how I'm doing this, Austin? Okay. I see you. Okay. <laughs> it's like, but that, that's something different too. And then fades were color were were a color clear, where you, it it would, the light would come through and start to fade out the film. Okay. Okay. So you'd use color clear, what they called. Uh, there, it's really you have to see it. To right. No, I know it's I know it's a very visual process, yeah, but, but it, it's, you can kind of understand. You can visualize it when you. Uh, I mean, I definitely can because I'm from a, a film background, so I can you know, compare it to what we digitally do now, but it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. You have, you have, you know, your A and B line and it's parallel running to each other. Right. And you're technically, you know, you're crossing the two, A, the, the A and the B in order to get exactly. to dissolve. Exactly, to yeah. get to dissolve. See, and the difference now is you can, on your machine or your TV or mm -hmm. whatever you use, your Avid. Yeah, my, my, on my computer. On, right. on your computer, you can build a dissolve one frame, two frame, three frames, whatever oh, yeah. you want. You had a Back limit. Back then, we had a limit. You start with a six-foot dissolve, and you go to 12 feet, and they were all even. 12 oh, feet okay. is like 16, 24, 48, or 32, because the machines that printed couldn't catch all that stuff, so it right. had to be a set dissolve. Had to have a yeah. safe zone. Like uh, if you did Ryan's daughter, for example, David Lean loved long dissolves. Mm -hmm. His dissolves would go like 124 frames. Oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> that seems so like long nowadays. <laughs> you know, he never had a one frame dissolve. Yeah, because you couldn't do it. But back then, he was he was known for long dissolves and fades, fades okay. in and fades out and stuff like that. But on our printing machines, they can only do certain amounts. Now you can do whatever you want, basically. Right. Right. Well, so now you've learned negative cutting, mm -hmm. and then at this point you you I leave the business, I, right? No, I went back to the lab. Because oh, okay. I I wanted to learn the new printing machines. Gotcha. Okay. That's when they brought in the Bell and Howe high speeds and and stuff, and it was like crazy. I loved it. It was just I was in the dark, just going crazy on this <laughs> big machine that went thousands of feet a minute, and I was just going nuts in there. Then I became a shift boss of the printing room and had like 15 guys, whatever, you know. Yeah, and you're it, moving up the ranks. Uh, well, yeah, I just, be, well, the guys wanted me to because they didn't want some idiot up there. They didn't know what he was me. doing. Yeah, yeah, right. And, you know, somebody that understand them. They wouldn't like push them, you know, like. Yeah. So they'd work for all. Anyway, the long story short, that's what I did. Then finally. I just got real burnt out from doing all that. <laughs> then play a ball. I was doing all this stupid stuff. Because you were uh, the whole this whole time working in the dark, whatever. You were going straight from that to the, to beach. the beach. You were married. You got married when you were sixteen. No, I got married when I was nineteen. Nineteen. 20, yeah. Twenty. Okay. Yeah, we we knew each other when we were nine. Oh my goodness. Me and Vicky. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she knew me when I was playing little league baseball. Wow. She was my say, but I didn't know she liked me. Right, of course not. Nine years that old. That sounds like I mean, you. What the hell? Nine, nine years, years old, old, you're thinking about a girl, you know, sports. <laughs> yeah. well, most nine-year-olds were. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Nine-year-olds, I was going, girls. Girls gross. <laughs> and then Vicky and I, whatever, we got, you know, we stayed together. I got her a job at the studio. She became Miss MGM. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> when things went downhill. No, 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 because every time we get in a fight, I saw our picture on the lot smiling at me. That was not good. You're like, no. No, no, no. Everybody goes, boy, what's that? I'm going, <laughs> Don't worry about that, guys. Don't worry about that one. But, so, where were we, Austin? <laughs> well, you, you just jumped through a whole portion of your life. I, I, I know, just a short period. But you were the shift officer, then you got burnt out, yeah. so you went out. Took some time off. Right. And then you I, came. What I did was I called the union. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, what's going on? 
I'm ready to come back to work. And they said, why don't you try independent cutting? Because you've been a negative cutter, boy, and there's now independent cutters out there. When I started, there weren't any. Oh, okay. It was MGM, MGM was the first lab that really set up the system on how to cut negative. Yeah. They made that system. So there was a couple people that left there that started independent into cutting while I was doing all this other stuff. So I, they said, why don't you try independent? I said, okay. So then I went to <laughs> okay, an, okay, if I must. So trying it. So I'll make I started, some money. Sure. They sent me over to Deluxe, and uh, there was a guy named Jack Cooper there. So I started with him. And I moved around to Donna Bassett. Who is uh, the most she, famous, yeah, right? She, yeah. She's, and then She's still going. She, uh, no, well, Mo Henry. Donna's probably dead by now. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm sure. <she's> like, <laughs> if she isn't, she's really I, old. I'm in her company. Yeah, if she yeah. isn't, she's really old in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like you, right? Yeah. Old, old in the mountains? Oh, yeah, the way mountain up there. <laughs> We moved her to Wrightwood, I think it was. <laughs> no, we did. We put all her stuff in a truck and took her out there and left her. <laughs> I feel like but, you just admitted to doing something illegal. No, and... <laughs> she asked us to. I said, okay. Okay, It wasn't sure. illegal. It was good. Okay. We worked for her and worked for a couple other people. <laughs> Brian Ralph was one. He, was a, he, he had big accounts. And then IMAX came into view, so we did a couple of IMAX. Anyways, then... I had a friend that had a trailer company, and he kept asking me to start a negative cutting business, and I kept saying, no. I won't do it. I won't do it because I just, uh, you know, I'm not good with my business. Right. I know how to do things, but I'm not good with business. The business side, though, is yeah. not He said, not no problem, boy, I'll take care of that. Wow. he was good with business. Okay. And he had all the equipment. Would handle all of it. He had everything. Hot flight, everything. Sink blocks, racks, everything. So we went and got a room, and we started our business, and we got busy really fast. Well, of course, because you're the man. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. I knew some people. <laughs> Gary Burr gave us one of uh, the first shows because he didn't Wait, know who. Gary Berwick? Bur Burrick. Oh, I thought you probably went from no, the club. No, no, not, like, not that guy. <laughs> this guy, he had, he had his own negative cutting business. He was one of the big ones with Donna Bassett later. And uh, he didn't know who Quentin Tarantino was, so he said, boy, I know you guys are new. How would you like to start on Reservoir Dogs? Because oh, he needs somebody to do gosh. it cheap to just get going. I said, sure, no problem. So that's how I got involved with uh, with Quentin Quentin Tarantino's stuff. I did uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, True Romance. Just to name a few. Yeah, just, well, that's... <laughs> you know. Oh, my gosh. But it was, uh, Tarantino was good to me. I mean... He, you met him, right? Yeah. And he, you know, that's like incredible. He, <laughs> like, and uh, Lawrence Bender. Wow, who's that? It's the he's the guy that the producer for Quentin Tarantino. Okay, okay. If you uh, you know when you look, Lawrence Bender does a lot. Of oh no, I knew who I I wanted I wanted oh, the audience know. to know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, because I a lot yeah. of times when people come on and and they'll let me know things and I, I'm like yeah sure but yeah. then I you just got to remember that people listening may not know anything about uh, film. Okay. That, yeah. But it's so fascinating. Everyone knows who Quentin Tarantino yeah. is. But, Everyone knows what Pulp Fiction is. And, and Quentin Tarantino still does stuff on film. He does, that's right. His movies are still, there's like three or four guys that still, I think Spielberg's one. Christopher Nolan? I guess. I'm not I'm, sure, but I'm pretty I know sure the he is, two yeah. big ones, they still do film. Spielberg and does? I, I, him or, I thought he did. Somebody does. James Cameron? Cameron, maybe, yeah. That's, I, I feel like that'd be but right. But he's doing maybe a lot though. of 65 and IMAX now, I think. Yeah. And already does. Which, what, what's the difference there? 
of what? Between 65 millimeter and and, and, and what IMAX? Else? And IMAX, yeah. Is the way the frames are set up. Mm -hmm. 65 uh, and IMAX are the same width, but when you do the frames, the frames on IMAX are sideways. There's 16 perfs to a frame on IMAX. Mm -hmm. Perforations, Perforations, right? the edge, yeah. the edge perps, you know, that, mm -hmm. that run through the the sprockets that you know that right. has to take. Yeah, the no, I, I'm just trying to yeah, explain yeah. Well, more. Yeah, they're like little holes on the edge of the right. film, <laughs> and the frames go. How would you say it, Austin? Sideways. Oh, parallel. Parallel. They, go, they run parallel. Parallel. Yeah. Where on on most of your 65 shot film, it's the other way. Perpendicular. Perpendicular, and it starts with four per frames, mm -hmm. goes to eight per frames. It go it, it build it all depends and, and I think I think who was it that, was it who had the Cinemax not Cinemax IMAX got their idea Vista Vision Vista Vision was okay. parallel yeah that was eight perps to a frame I think that's where IMAX got their idea to do that hmm. IMAX is like hmm maybe yeah, we could change yeah. this well a because bit. you get more in your frame yeah when you well, right and that's the whole you, thing with that, IMAX it's a bigger picture Bigger you picture. see more right. of the frame and, yeah. the scene and, and a lot of times now when you see a movie they say it's imax it's not it's really 65 with a blow-up print right they're taking 65 blowing it up and showing it on a bigger oh, screen. they're taking 35 and blowing it up to a 65 print and that's when you get the stretching yeah right but it doesn't you don't get any more in the frame right you're it, not getting more it, yeah, they're tricking you they're tricking you right what's so, true imax is there is true there a... imax is you're getting a very wide shot mm -hmm. you're getting more in your frame and where is that shown on the screen no 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> i mean where can because like where can audiences see true imax how can you tell when it's you true have IMAX? to go to an imax theater okay i would think and you gotta it's gotta be you gotta know that it was shot on imax gotcha what about a film like uh the newest Avengers movie, they had IMAX scenes. They they maybe did a couple scenes. Like I don't know how they really do that now. Mm -hmm. If they, all I know is if you're doing an IMAX show, you have to shoot it with an IMAX camera. Right, right. And and they said that they shot some scenes with an IMAX, IMAX camera, camera, but then others. How do you put those two together? Uh, they probably do it on a scanner. Mm -hmm. I would think the scanning machine. Now that they have it, these special right now they places, can. Yeah, I'm sure you know. There's a trick way of doing it. Right. I'm not quite sure because you can't put a 16 per frame in with a 30 or uh, four per frame. Right. Well, I mean, what you the, know what I'm saying? It may. It almost makes perfect sense because they may be shooting it, shooting you know, this scene with an IMAX camera, so it's true IMAX. But then the rest of it is shot with 65, and they just blow it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. it'll match screen-wise, yeah. but truly it won't be true IMAX all the no. way through. And I just wonder how that shows up by frame. You, I mean, you can you can see a little bit. People say, did anyone notice the the difference there? I, it was weird. I didn't understand that. You know, and people who understand why are like, well, it was shot differently. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because I would have to look at that again to make yeah. sure I really. So you're saying you want to see Avengers with me again? Yeah. I yeah. get it. I mean, that's and, fine. And plus, it's hard for me. I don't go to a show to watch all the the weird, I mean, you enjoy it, right? I could see scratches, dirt, and things like that that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, and I just try to block that out. Speaking of scratches, there's a scratch in a film, right? That yeah. uh, you can actually go out and look, and it was your fault, right? Oh no, I never <laughs> scratched anything. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my bad things. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you told Art about in Pulp Fiction, there's like a oh a little no, mark. that was a, a miscut. 
a miscut. Now, what's a yeah, miscut? Miscut is, like I said, when we're matching the work print that the editor might bring, show down in the positive work print, mm -hmm. right? And I'm matching the negative to that. Okay, I line it up. I match the key numbers as we're going, and I'm looking. But let's say I, I was having a bad day. <laughs> okay, let's call it And that. let's say I was off one frame. Yeah. And I take my fingers and I cover the two frames that I'm not going to cut. And I cut through the frame that I'm cut through. Right. And I bring that out and I match it up and I go, oh, <laughs> I'm off a frame. Yeah. I cut the wrong frame. Okay. <laughs> what, that, what that means is if you're watching a show and you see something jump real quick. Right. A jump cut. That's a, Yeah. That's what I just did. So where does that happen in Pulp Fiction? Do what you really want to know? I mean, I got to give someone a, a trivia tip. Well, you know? If Quentin Tarantino, he's going to run and look at that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's too late. I'm too old for you. But even better, <laughs> that means Quentin Tarantino is listening to my podcast. Yeah. So that's cool. And that's even better. But, and you can't have any more meatloaf at the hangar. <laughs> <laughs> On Wednesday, no more. I'll okay. tweet at him. Hopefully okay. he'll be like, oh, oh look at that. Boyd here. What oh. the scene was where Bruce Willis... Just got through knocking out the guy in the boxing match. Mm -hmm. And he had to get out of the, the gym real fast because they were going to kill him because he was supposed to lose that fight. Right. Remember? Oh, yeah. And he jumped out the window into the taxi cab in the alley. Yeah. And he's sitting in the back seat and he goes to light the cigarette. And when he moves his hand down, never try it in that area. Okay. <laughs> and nobody can see it because I double checked. <laughs> If he hears this, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, we're not. It's too far away. He's probably laughing. <laughs> He'd enjoy it. He's going to go back. Well, they said the word print looked a little beat up because I ran it through the movie older about 4,000 times. Why'd you run it through so many times? Try to fix it? Trying to make sure they couldn't see it. <laughs> to make it as small as possible. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> they go, boy, this word print didn't quite look like this when we gave it to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so... At this point in your life, you've worked with negative cutting for years since you, you know, started as you started as a, a male boy, right? I started in shipping. In shipping. Shipping. Okay. And you rode on your bicycle and all over and then we delivered letters on the lot and stuff, did different things there. Got to know from, everybody. Got to know people and stuff like that. And then from there I went up to be a can boy in the printing room in the dark. <laughs> and that delivered all the, the, the film to the printing machines, a positive uh, you know, uh, positive neck or positive film, right? To each uh, printing machine, so they could print their uh, reels that day. Each printing machine had a different reel. Okay. Let's say uh, six six printing machines were doing one show, six were doing another show. Yeah. And each printing machine would have to have a different emulsion of stock from Kodak or Convert or uh, Fuji film whatever we were running that day whatever they decided to put their film on right and uh the cam the camboy which we were called stock with camboy <laughs> i love it would deli deliver each stack of film to the correct printing machine the emulsion that they tested for in the control room so they could get the the the, the look they want on, on the on the screen Gosh. and that's what we did and then from there i went to the printing machines from there i went to a place called Notching. Then I went to a place called Mat Room. Yeah. For the color mats, and I went. So you down, worked all I, over. Yeah, and then I went down to timing for a little bit, and then that's when I went to the 
negative cutting department, and I came back to the printing machines to learn the new printers, the high-speed printers and stuff, which I did. And then I became a shift boss, and then I retired, quit for a while. <laughs> I got a little dingy. Okay. A lot of volleyball. A lot of dinginess going on there. <laughs> and then I came back and became an independent negative cutter, and then I had my own business for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up at the end of my career at Sony Imageworks. Right, who, who um, do all the incredible effects, right? Right, yeah. for all the different shows, Spider-Man, all the different shows that you Wh see. Which which movie? Spider-Man 1 and 2 and 3. and we, we, The original, right, with yeah, Tobey Maguire? Yeah, yeah, the first one oh, that sure, came out. Throw it out there like it's no yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Was, okay. and then we did, you know, all the different <laughs> stuff that Sony Imageworks did at that time. Yeah. You know, I was, and that's when they were going from negative, they were using the original negative for uh, background plates. Uh, basically is what they were doing there that that's how negative and that started a little bit together then eventually i'm sure they've uh, wiped all that out because we had a big vault of negative right that sony image took oh. care of and i had to organize all that for them because we just recently visited sony took us on a tour of your old right. stomping grounds and you had people not even knowing at the buildings they were currently working in used to be those areas where you were doing the negative cutting. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. These well, young kids were like, well, what? Well, what was that show that the, the girls were working on that we went to? Ray yeah. Donovan. Ray Donovan, and they didn't even know that they were in a film lab. Yeah, they thought they were just in <laughs> They were in my old building. room. <laughs> that was your room. <laughs> it was my room. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, that was that was a weird day. Okay. <laughs> it was a fun day. It, it was, was awesome. a very fun day. Yeah. Okay. And now, now you find yourself at Mountain Gate Country Club. As a marshal. As a marshal. Working with little old me. <laughs> working with Austin, having a wonderful time. And when you trained me, you just, you know, you, you kind of seem like a little weird guy. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not so sure about this guy. I can't tell if he's for real. But then I found out how genuinely kind and generous well, you are. Thank you, Austin. You're welcome, boy. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay. And all these wonderful stories. I want to continue to bring you on the show and get this out there for people because your story needs to be told. It needs to be heard, and people need to understand that negative cutting may be a dying art, but there's a lot of history that needs to be learned about it. And I think I gave you that one magazine that has the last of the negative cutters on That's it, right. one of them, yeah, uh, Mo two, Henry, right? who took over uh, uh, Donna Bassett's That was business. it. Mo, yes, okay. Mo that, I got those two names yeah. confused. Mo yeah. Henry bought Donna Bassett when Donna Bassett retired, and we took her up to Wrightwood. Right. And dropped her right. off. In Still the not sure about the that. The mountaintops. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and her, built, her house wasn't finished yet, and it started to snow with no roof okay. on it. <laughs> we stored all her furniture in the garage. Okay. It looks time. like uh, that's another story for oh, another yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today and you've just been a pleasure thank you austin i really enjoyed myself <laughs> well have you heard the latest you're the greatest this has been another great edition of the latest with austin mason please join us again next time <laughs> thank you have you heard the latest yeah. have you heard the latest yeah. have you heard the latest yeah thank you from the cast <laughs>